0: Traveling
1: the Vortex We've joined the doctors as she travels the Vortex and arrive at episode 510, where normal service is resumed. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. How are you guys?
2: Pretty good. You guys do anything fun this week? Uh,
3: yeah, but now I don't remember what it was. <laughs> oh, well, we went and saw Pat Oswald
2: Oh yeah, that's Ooh, right. I saw your uh, Facebook post.
3: Went, and 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 had Rosolies. <laughs> yeah, I saw Ooh. that too. <laughs> you
2: didn't call you didn't call that one to my attention though. You usually do.
3: No, I figured I probably shouldn't rub it in.
2: Well, I saw it anyway. So, <laughs> in fact, that was the first thing I saw before I saw your Patton Oswalt... actually saw Mel's Patton Oswalt post on Instagram, I think, second. How was it? Was, it? Uh, he funny? It,
3: it, it, he, he is very, very funny. Um, we, we had the opportunity and kind of pounced on it when they announced tickets and uh, hadn't really done anything like that, um, as far as a, a comedy show, but uh, had a lot of fun and uh, he told some great stories. And it was interesting that you could see that it, it was early on enough in the the tour as it were that he was still trying material out you know he he would he would tell a couple stories and do a couple of jokes and based on audio then he would stop and he would kind of make a little note over on a notepad on his on the side and uh at one point he told an absolutely hysterical but a horrific story uh and then likened it to wow i just pitched the saddest pixar movie ever (laughs) And then he started casting it. And it I mean, it just—it went downhill so quickly. And then he kind of made a note, like, "Yeah, the Pixar story is going in the next thing." <laughs> you, know? you could just tell he was still fielding things out, but it—it it was good. There was some much-needed laughter that we hadn't had in a while. So oh,
2: good, nice. I'm glad to hear that.
3: What about you guys? Anything fun?
2: Oh, uh, we went to Emporia on Sunday and saw my watched my daughter's um, choir concert for. Uh, Emporia State had their winter concert for choir, and they did it at uh, the United Methodist Church there, and the acoustics were terrific. They were so much, the, mm-hmm. the the funny thing about it is that the acoustics were better there than they were at the uh, concert hall on campus that we went to for her first concert. Really? So, yeah. So hmm. and and uh, of course they had they had an additional choir because they have. Uh, she's in a cappella choir, and then she's in chamber choir. And then there's a, they just call it uh, chorus. I mean, it's chorale. They call it chorale. And it's uh, pretty much anybody that wants to, tr- you know, that you don't even have to try out. You just come and say, I want to be in your choir, and you don't even have to be a student. So, but, And they're all really good. Even Even the choir that, you know, wasn't necessarily – all made up of music majors, <laughs> uh, sounded really good too. So, it's quite. We enjoyed it. glad nice. well,
3: you gonna go join the choir next time?
2: I don't think I want to drive back and forth between Emporia here to be in a choir.
3: <laughs> but you're so
2: talented. Well, I'll join a choir here if I need. <laughs> Keith, did you do anything?
1: I don't think we did anything. Celebrated I, my dad Bert's birthday. Oh, so I saw
2: we... that. You guys did it at the park. You guys got a pretty good day for it.
1: Yeah, it was nice on a on a Sunday. We went out and about so the kids like getting out doing
2: that. Everybody caught up on uh, Hawkeye or are you doing that this week, Sean?
3: Uh we're doing that this week and due to a uh <clears throat> hiccup in our programming, we didn't even start Hawkeye last week.
2: Oh, is that right?
3: Yeah, so I'm still uh three episodes behind. No, you're behind three episodes. I I'm, 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 I'm still behind,
2: so. <laughs> well, I'm still enjoying well, it forward to it. that. I'm I'm still enjoying it. I think this episode, I think it gets better with each episode, to be honest with you.
1: Yeah, I think so, too.
2: And it started out wow. great, so.
1: I guess we did watch Muppets Letters to Santa.
2: I saw that's on Disney Plus now.
1: I, I don't think I'd seen that one before. It's cute. It's all right. Not as good as um, a lot of the other ones.
2: No, no, no. There's certainly some better ones. The kids weren't interested at all, so it was mostly
1: (laughs) just me watching it.
2: I wish they'd put um, uh, Muppet Family Christmas on there. Yeah,
1: me too. Yeah,
3: me three. And I I want Glenn to know that I I blame him because he introduced me to Muppet Family Christmas, and it's the greatest (laughs) thing in the history of ever. And any time a Muppet Christmas special comes on anywhere... I get so excited and start watching it, and then realize it's not Muppet Family Christmas. <laughs> and I get despondent because I can't find it anywhere. And it's just, it's, it's tearing me up.
2: I think that one's probably problematic because it's got now licensing three. Problems. Yeah, three different licenses in it because the Muppets are with Disney, the Sesame Street's with uh, Warner Brothers, and uh, the. F- Fraggles are with uh, Apple, I believe, Apple TV.
1: Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's where the reboot's coming from. We did watch that, too. So, yeah.
2: <laughs> Well, there's that.
3: Yeah.
1: All what right. You're me much more it, interested yeah. in that one?
3: We, we will never get a uh, another release on that, huh? Mm,
2: no, not unless some stars align and planets come into formation. I doubt it.
3: Hold on to your your DVD copies, That's kids, right. Your VHS copies.
2: <laughs> I did learn that um, there is a... I need to see if I can run it down. They did what's called the Restored Edition. Have you guys seen that? It's got a couple extra songs on it. It's got Fozzie doing a song with uh, the snowman. And then the sing-along medley at the end is actually extended and has two additional songs in that. So. Oh, wow. Yeah, so... Um, I was listening to a podcast called moving right along and they were, they were watching it and I was jealous. And the only reason what, what first keyed me into that was I was listening to, I had downloaded a, um, audio files that were songs from it. And one of those songs mm. is on there. And I went, wait a minute, this isn't in, this isn't in the show. And then Serendipity, I was <laughs> right after that listening to the podcast, and they said that it was – and it, the restored edition is – all of the commercial releases cut those. The restored edition added them back in, but unfortunately when it gets to that piece in the show, they say the the picture quality goes down because the, the print, oh. the, what they used to restore, didn't, the print wasn't as good as what they had commercially, so. That makes sense. It's just too bad, <clears throat> I'd still like to see it complete.
1: Yeah. I wonder, if, did those get cut? Obviously, they aired at some points. Well, or, they, I think they aired. Were those just deleted scenes that got added somehow, somewhere?
2: No, I think they, they aired originally in the special, but were cut for uh, VHS for and DVD. Yeah. Hmm. Not sure why you would cut things for your video you're, you're selling, but... <laughs>
1: Well, if, you know, if it's, if it went to syndication, then they had to cut it down shorter to meet the commercial time. Well, I, I don't sometimes know it, that version gets wound up on the DVD instead of the actual normal version. I don't
2: imagine it got syndicated because it, 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 debuted in 87 on ABC and it aired for two more years after that on NBC. And then I think it went to VHS for a version and then it went to Nick at Night, I believe, for one or two seasons. And then it, I think it was released again on VHS and then on DVD. So, hmm.
1: so well, i mean, the only Sidney King. Came... Those might have cut it down to yeah, get the, more Well, I,
2: I think the ABC and NBC both aired in full, but the, maybe they cut it down for the Nick at Night version. I don't know. Hmm. Weird. Yeah. They all say, who, who is who? Do you collect Doctor Who? Do you have Doctor Who items and you don't know you collect Doctor Who? For all things in the Doctor Who collecting world, tune in to the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast, a Direction Point network podcast. I am Larry Van Rysburg and your host, and I have been collecting Doctor Who for 40 years. With popular features like collection protection and the most outrageous offer, we have a lot of fun. Available anywhere you get your podcasts. You're listening to Traveling the Vortex, a Direction Point Network podcast. Any news? I don't think we have any news this week that came off, except for I think we got a little more information on the New Year's special. and A, TV. a
1: title and stuff, but we can we should probably discuss that after. Yeah, probably. Probably, uh, you
2: know. so uh, <laughs> since there is a, uh, there's a bit of an inconsistency right now, we'll see how they deal with that. All right, well, let's uh, review uh, Chapter 6, The Vanquishers.
0: Peoples of the universe, the warriors of Sontar offer you hope. I am the head of human resistance against Sontaran occupation. And now we will ensure that the flux takes apart your entire universe. We have everything we need.
1: You try and kill me right now! You have no escape. The final epic chapter in the story of the flux, all hope is lost. The forces of darkness are in control. It's up to Doctor Who to save the universe.
3: It actually says Doctor Who.
1: This version does. I don't know if it's the official BBC one or not.
3: Is it DR period who? No, it's spelled out Doctor.
1: Huh.
2: Where'd you get the synopsis from? TV time? Huh.
1: My app that I use to track shows and when they're coming on.
2: That's weird. <laughs> I know. Usually, I well, pull
1: it directly from the actual official. Okay, here's the official BBC one. <laughs> in the final epic chapter in the story of the Flux, all hope is lost. The forces of darkness are in control. But when the monsters have won, who can you count on? Count upon to save the universe. I don't hmm. know why they changed it.
2: That is weird. Well, changing the synopsis didn't uh, do much for the episode anyway. <laughs> uh, who wants to start this week?
3: D- didn't change my mind much. <laughs> <it was> <laughs> um, I'll start. Okay. Unless somebody else wants to. Go for it. So, I liked it. I didn't love it. I don't feel like they stuck the landing, as it were. Um. As an adventure episode, it was fine. It had moments that I cheered. It had some uh, mostly good resolution of all the desperate plot threads that were, uh, you know, out there waving in the breeze. It had not nearly enough of resolution that I wanted. And at some point, I suppose, I'm just going to have to accept that Doctor Who doesn't do that. (laughs) <laughs> you know, as, as speaking as the guy who's still wanting to know what's up with the duck pond, I'm just going to have to let some of this stuff go, I think. But um, there's a lot of stuff that I kind of felt is that we didn't get enough of in order to condense the story down to six parts. And so we just kind of got one of those, okay, here's this, and then moved on, uh, which I, I was a little disappointed with. I also... I, I'm, I'm not sure I like where we left it all, you know, where we left things. Um, the state of the galaxy or the universe at this point is we, we don't know. I mean, did, did
1: we, we didn't, they didn't necessarily fix it. You know what I mean? Oh uh, yeah. They, they, uh, they, they stopped the final wave so they didn't destroy the rest of the universe, but still how or much had been destroyed previously. Yeah. It's in an awful state. It doesn't bode well for, you know, a Regardless of the fact that we spend 90% of our time on Earth, it doesn't bode well for <laughs> future stories set in this universe. There's not going to be a lot of options left, from what I can tell.
2: Well, yeah, and, and Tetuan pretty much explained that the the flux had pretty much ravished the rest of the universe, and that all that was left was kind of Earth. Not all that was left, because there were still, obviously sectors for Sontarans, Sontarans and, then, yeah. and Cybermen. And, well, and there were but, several
3: galaxies in her um, holographic Yeah, but, uh, there, but I, I,
2: I'm with you. I just didn't feel like they gave us a good enough resolution of, of what, you know, where does this universe stand now as as we leave it? So um, I agree with what you, a lot of what you're saying, Sean, uh, uh, a lot of it, the story, uh, a lot was set up for this story. For the most part, they tied off most of the loose ends, but, I think it sort of felt like a rush to the finish line. I think I, I'm I'm with you. I enjoyed watching. i had a lot of fun. And so that's why I'm kind of torn because I'm, I'm pretty critical of, of what they did. I think that, I think it's better than the sum of its parts, but those parts don't quite satisfy. I think, I ultimately think that it needed it now looking back at it. I think it needed probably eight or ten parts. I think it needed more stories to do what the, the War of the Sontarans and Village of the Angels did and focus more on certain aspects of the story. Uh, because I think, like, uh, is it Diane, the gal that was in that was in mm-hmm. Pasad- We We didn't get near enough of that story. And mm-hmm. by the end, it sort of, you know, they were obviously skipping ahead a little bit, but by the end, it was only it was merely just a setup for a way to where to stash the flux. And which I thought was clever. I thought that was that I didn't I kind of didn't see that coming.
3: I totally didn't see that coming. Yeah. I mean, but was a great reveal.
2: But I sort of now wish we'd had more with her, like just really more of a story of her figuring this stuff out. By the time vendor finds her, you know, is in there and, and locates her, she's talks about all these different things that she's experienced, but she doesn't look and look like she'd been there more than a day. You know, she's I kind of felt like she should have been a little more unkempt and, and like time passage was different for her. And she she had more, you know, close calls and experiences. And I don't know, just that 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 seemed a bit off to me, but I'm getting ahead of ourselves. <laughs>
1: yeah I, i'm i kind of in the same boat with you guys i felt fairly satisfied with all of the small resolutions that we got throughout the story it felt like all this all the, the little pieces that they put in place got resolved and i was fairly satisfied through most of them it's just and then it wasn't until afterwards that i started thinking about it and then i thought of the whole universe aspect of things and how that's really you know a mess and not really taken care of. Um, and that's when it started to kind of turn my taste on the episode a little bit because I, I thoroughly enjoyed watching it and had a lot of fun with it. My biggest – my other complaint with it would be the Grand Serpent felt unnecessary. Yeah. Absolutely. As nice as it was to have Kate Stewart back, you could have cut that because all he did was – Help the Santarans, and the Santarans didn't really need that help. Right. They could have just—they did it earlier. Why just not have them had done it on their own again?
2: Well, um, in turn, Kate is very underutilized. In fact, yeah. there's there's times where I kept thinking, "Well, what's Kate going to do in this?" I mean, she's just she's been standing in the background all the time, and it just that was that was a bit disappointing.
1: It, it almost felt like it was one of the cuts for COVID, kind of like the Diane story where. And the Joseph Williamson, really, um, where it was going to be originally 10 episodes and they had to cut it down because of the COVID stuff and those were on the chopping block. And they just had to piece the important bits from those episodes into the run and try to make it work as good as it could. And it just didn't quite work as well as it could have
3: otherwise. Hearing you say that really makes me suddenly think, yeah, that's probably exactly what happened, because in, in my head, I would like to believe that somewhere down the road, there's, you know, the ultimate director's addiction of Flux that's kind of been waiting to come out, and then it'll add 45 she minutes of unaired footage, and we'll go, oh, man, you know, and it'll be so exciting, and knowing that it's COVID, related, really, obviously, they didn't even bother shooting it, it was just stuff that... We, we, we can't do this the way that we want to do it. Um, but that really nails it because we didn't get enough with Diane in passenger to really warrant her being there. We didn't get enough with Williams, especially finding out that this guy, A, really existed. B, did not have city zoning permits and just kind of dug wherever he wanted to for whatever reason. Giving that a historical, you know, uh, an actual historical slant with a, an alien presence is like, Oh, that's why he's digging. Okay. That's really cool. You, know, you could have done a whole episode about that. And they probably planned to, yeah. we just didn't get to see it, which mm-hmm. is really unfortunate. Um, the grand serpent's another one. There's absolutely no reason for him to be in this story other than to lead to the downfall of Vender and his out on that, uh, research station. That's the only reason for that character to be there. His betrayal of, of humanity, his ties with the Sunset, none of that mattered. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. None of that came into play. You could have still had Kate Stewart showing up and, and, and being you know the head of the resistance, because of course she would. But because she wasn't utilized very well in that episode, we had to give her some business with the Grand Serpent to kind of build up her character and make her a badass that we all know she is. And yet that still kind of falls flat in the grand scheme of things because, well, he's an inconsequential villain. So maybe if we'd have had a further episode developing why he's helping the Sontarans, because he's got no motivation at all. Um, Other than the drop line of being able to subjugate the Earth after
2: they leave. That was, yeah, that was the whole Yeah, thing. but I
3: mean, if Flux is going to destroy it, that's a...
2: <laughs> yeah.
3: It's, it's piss-poor planning. <laughs> it just doesn't matter. So there's, well, there were there were lots of moments like that throughout this. That when we finally got to the end of the thing, it was kind of like, oh, well, that that was it, huh? And,
2: and as you said, he didn't really lend anything to the Santarans. The Santarans actually had a relatively good plan. In fact, mm-hmm. I was kind of impressed by. Uh, that idea of you know starting the episode where they're asking the the daleks and cybermen to come and create this you know one big one big force i did sort of think something was up there but um but then you know at the end the the whole plan was to feed them to the flux and then they would you know stand as ultimate uh conquest i i thought that was really a neat thing and they kind of they kind of did all that on their own Mm -hmm. they didn't really even need the grand serpent at that point it just, yeah, yeah it, it was a completely unneeded character in the whole scheme of things that, that could have been cut.
3: It just, uh, it unfortunately boiled a lot of these interesting side characters down to, you're only here to advance the plot. Yeah. Or, you're only here to give us the out that we need. Um. You know, the, the, the fact that all of these doors lead to anywhere and conveniently take us back to... Oh, here's the TARDIS, here's the this, here's the that. You know, we can put yeah. everything back the way it was because of this being broken. Okay, that's that's a cool tie-in, but I would have liked more of it to tie in instead of just, oh yeah, here, here's your here's out. Um, kind of the same with Diane. Because the passenger bit is really pretty brilliant. But we just didn't get enough of it to make the payoff worth it.
2: I think the other thing that happens is Swarman and Zer's story seems to kind of fizzle at the end.
1: Yeah, it um, yep. was a very uh, unsatisfying con- uh,
2: defeat. Yeah, well their yeah. their their whole their whole goal was to control the flux and watch it destroy Earth over and over again, and bring the Doctor as a sacrifice to Time, who is their savior. We just need a little more behind what they were doing, and I think Time's saying. That it'll get her in the end sort of kind of felt forced, you know, as the foreshadowing of her regeneration coming up when she confronts time at the end. I just I, I felt like there could have been more to that, but it just it feels like it feels like Chimnall felt like, oh, OK, I got to wrap this up and figure out how to how to end this storyline. And it just it it almost was like they were the device to get the doctor to. Time, so that time could say your your time is ending. <laughs> it was kind of weird. Kinda
3: yeah, it was very much the uh, the the tenth Doctor moment with the ood yeah. for for thirteen. There, it's like your, your song, song is, is ending.
1: ending. <laughs> but didn't he also? Didn't time also say no re, no regenerations? Just death yep. is coming for you. So it's not even like he's saying, "Hey, you're gonna." you know foreshadowing the regeneration it seems like it's foreshadowing something a lot more serious than that
3: yeah he sure did and i i wonder if that's again all all of the problems well i can't say all of the problems but a large number of these problems i kind of still can't help but feel that well we have a little bit left in the tank so maybe we will see some more mileage off of that you know what i mean
2: Well, I think off of that in particular, I think we will. I I, again, I think that that was a a setup for the next three stories, so that Chib could take that direction. I I thought it was interesting. What's ironic
1: is, oh, sorry. What's ironic is just what one or two weeks ago I was praising the empty child or the the timeless child and the fact that we don't have to worry about regeneration stuff anymore, and now we have this. Come on, Chibnall, work with me here. Sorry, Glenn, go ahead.
2: No, that's okay. Uh, it was, speaking of the the Timeless Child, child element, uh, her dropping the fob watch and choosing not to restore the memories, I thought that was kind of weird because I think in her motivations of giving up the fob watch to save the universe, while well, that made sense, but now you've got it in your hand and there's no sacrifice What other than to keep her background a mystery from the viewers, What's what was the point of dropping the fob watch into the bowels of the park TARDIS and keeping the secret from herself? I'm not, I'm not entirely sure what her motivation at that point to decide not to open that fob watch was.
3: I took it as a, all, all of the the, you know, everything you want to know is here. And yet, every time she found out a piece of that information... That she worked for division that she was this time agent that she essentially walked away and abandoned carbonista uh you know it doesn't sound like the doctor was a terribly nice person through a lot of this i mean still fighting for the rights of good but maybe with some questionable uh methods and I, I, again, I don't have anything to base this on because as, as with most of Chimna stuff, we just didn't get enough of it. Well, that's, yeah. uh, I didn't go in and explain this, but the vibe that I got from her staring at it was that she didn't want to know that she felt like it, I felt like she felt like it would tarnish who she was if she found some of this stuff out.
2: Right. I think that's and a, so I, I think hiding
3: totally. it in the TARDIS is kind of the benefit, the, the, the best case. It's like, I have it, it's safe. And if something comes along, okay, I've got it. I can go in and get it then. But
2: well, That's where I landed with it. I mean, I, I that's how I had to rationalize it. But I think the failure of the story is the fact that we didn't get a little more on why she did that. And the other thing that I, I, I have issue with is the doctor has not parted from, came, even in her memory, has had some poor partings with companions as well. That probably wasn't any different than, you know, or much different than, uh, Carvanista. And so I don't, I don't buy that. The fact that, Oh, she feels bad because she left him and, and because she's left other companions high and dry before too. And, and she's, you know, she's had remorse for that, but so that's not a good enough reason for me to, believe that that's why she didn't want to open the the fob watch but she obviously did look at it as though she didn't want to and so i got the vibe too that she just didn't want to know but there was no satisfactory answer for why she doesn't want to know
3: yeah there were many things that were unsatisfactory um (laughs) the 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 ending for professor jericho (laughs) Uh, pointless beat It was absolutely a worst case, lazy writing scenario of, I need to give this thing some weight. I'm going to off a character. This one's turned out to be very popular. Okay. And now how do we do it? Well, we're just going to fling his time ring off the, or his, his transport ring off the the finger and into a corner and then blow it up. Well, what sense does
1: that make? That's not. Yeah. Why couldn't the player have grabbed him and transported both of
2: them. Well, maybe the time rings can only those particular time rings can only carry one person, but I I, I, I mean I, it well,
3: it, was, it wasn't a noble sacrifice. Had, he didn't had, yeah. If exactly. it had it been her ring that malfunctioned. Right. And he ended up and giving he didn't even, his He didn't up. even have to loosen. He didn't even have to lose it. It could have just gone bzzz and shorted out. Yeah. And then he gives her his ring. To save her, and he hits the yep. noble end. Okay, that's cool. I can. I mean, I'm still upset, but I can, I can get behind that. But no, just because it, it again, it robs him of agency. It makes him feel like he was kind of a buffoon there, and well, you got tripped up there at the end, right? And he was too cool a character for that. Deserved a far better going out bit.
2: I hope big. big um, I hope big finish gives us a whole bunch of uh, audience in that two years that that uh, Yaz, Dan, mm-hmm. and he traveled together. <laughs> yeah,
3: more, more, more of uh, of him. Um, overall, the whole thing felt like Attack of the Clones.
2: Yeah, a little now, bit.
3: I'm an apologist for a lot of the prequel stuff yeah. for when it comes to Star Wars, and in particular, Attack of the Clones. There's this thing in fandom now where they really dog on this movie and you know put it down as like the worst one ever and no it's totally it's light years ahead of rise of skywalker and i don't think it's as bad as most of phantom menace but it it, it does have some problems and one of the problems is there's a lot of stuff that's set up in attack of the clones that is then abandoned and we're not going to talk about it because we got to get the war started yeah starting with you know well who who actually commissioned the clone army the entire movie is this big mystery that Obi-wan's chasing down, who done it. And then we don't find out. You had to go and read one of the books that's set in between uni- uh, uh, movies in order to find that out. There's a lot of that going on here because we get this whole discussion of what is the flux and then this very tantalizing dropped bit about, well, it's antimatter from outside the universe. Now, any Doctor Who fan worth their salt should have had their ears perk up. Oh, at that I point. did,
2: I did. In <laughs> fact, I, I, that, I, I got so excited thinking, "Oh, you're going to bring Omega into this! What a great idea! This will be, this will be terrific!" Now, this is how this series needs to, you know, like culminate. And then Omega never showed up.
3: Yeah, and then nothing it just it just so what so we still don't know who released the flux i mean well division, division did but division. who, who, who yeah. built it and and was it built for division for what purpose was it gifted to them we don't know it's just a convenient thing that happens and while there's a part of me that kind of wouldn't want to argue well you don't need to know the who's and the why's and the wherefores But yet you set up so much effort getting to the bottom of that that well yeah now i want to
2: know right
3: and if you don't give me that i i feel cheated um kind of the same with um the grand serpent i mean we've kind of established he was a worthless character but if we're going to bring him in we we needed to know more about his motivations for for trying to take over and ally himself with the suntarns i i still wanted more of the the the, you know the post-season wrap-up as it were Are we now going to be traveling around in a post-flux universe that has not a lot in it, a lot of empty space, broken planets, and, you know, the grandeur of things has been lost? If so, okay, there's some potential story elements that can be had there and some cool ideas, but it's got to be handled right. And I worry that it's not going to be. And I really, really worry that RTD is going to have a mess to clean up when he comes in. (laughs) That he's just going to have to choose whether or not he's keeping it or ignoring it. Now, it's not all bad. Like Attack of the Clones, there's stuff that I like. I I liked the fact that we got, I thought, a very satisfactory uh, conclusion with Vendor. Yep. And uh, uh, Mm -hmm. what's her name? Bell?
2: Bell. Turns out the baby wasn't important at all, <laughs> which is okay.
3: Just a little character development. It's just a little character development, and I'm I'm fine with that. I thought that was was well handled, and it was emotional, and they come together, they get the embrace, and I'm like, okay, great. Um, I liked the fact that Dan is sticking around, uh, you know, to to come forward. That well, that excited me because I was afraid that maybe he would just have this whirlwind adventure and, however, go back to. Go back to his soup kitchen.
2: <laughs> However, the problem with that is, is that that was another unsatisfactory point. As they've gone through all of this, and they made her the uh, uh, motivation for Dan, and she's dogging on him still for being late. And then when they he decided when he asks her out again, she still says no. I th- we're, we're, it almost feels like they did that so that. Dan didn't have any ties and could go off and explore, you know, adventure some more. But that was completely unnecessary as well because you'd already kind of set it up that way. You she was kind of pointless through this whole thing other than having a reason for us to understand a little more of what that, you know, passenger was this ve- uh, vessel and give the doctor the idea of how to get rid of the the flux, but just Having her turn him down again at the end, it was like, it was heartbreaking. I thought, it's not his fault. He didn't know that she, you know, was going to get, cat. It just, it, that was, yeah, I'm glad Dan got to go off with the doctor, but I just, I, her as a character, I don't, I don't give a care anymore.
3: <laughs> I, I liked the fact that Claire got to, uh, you know, resume her life.
2: Yeah. And
1: that we got it, to bring her back and Claire, right. do something. Yeah. yeah. Yes um so so that was
3: cool i like the fact that the daleks and the cybermen are both dumb and fell for the <laughs> <laughs> sorry guys but no it's all right i, 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 I almost feel it. like i need to be team Santarin just to balance the two of you out <laughs> 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 and so there there was very much a part of me that was just cheering during that reveal mm. that this is a, this is a big move for them. <laughs> it's kind of like, yeah. <laughs> and I, I, loved the, I loved his speech. You know, we're, we're going to talk to everybody except the Routons. You can burn in hell.
2: <laughs> that was funny. <laughs>
3: um, so, so that was good. And there was, um. oh, what was
2: the, uh, I had it and I lost it. I, I like the, the, the idea the
3: comedy of... of the chocolate. No,
2: I didn't care much for that scene. I didn't either. I thought, <laughs> really? the, I yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was a weak attempt at trying to inject some humor into it. Yeah. And I think that I mean it makes sense that we have this rogue Sontaran that's addicted to chocolate, and, but it just it, it 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 was almost played for laughs, and it kind of made it kind of undersold the the Sontarans a little bit. I mean, if if you're gonna make them, if you're gonna make them goofy, make them goofy and make the whole. Race of them, but when you've got them finally coming up with a really good idea and showing that they truly are, you know, masters of 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 command and and uh, conquer, and then you've got this one rooton that we're going to, you know, have some fun with. I uh, yeah, that was that, that kind of ruined it for me.
3: It it it, it was forced. Yeah, it, it, and now don't get me wrong. Yes, I did laugh once. Oh, I did too. But <laughs> but but it was also because of uh,
2: Dan Starkey's delivery, though.
3: Yeah, it it just it became uncomfortable delivery.
2: Yeah,
3: you know, or you know, an uncomfortable humor versus a genuinely funny moment. Right, and I don't know, maybe they felt like, well, we haven't had anything to laugh at for a while, so we'll we have to go back to the potato heads for for humor. Oh, bring Dan Starkey back and let him do some stuff.
1: And it's kind of like poor Dan.
2: <laughs> Except they did well, he have
1: played three different Santarans. Yeah. and he had two at least that were competent. <laughs> I,
2: yeah. Uh, well, it just. But the thing Water is, one of which was executed for incompetence. Right, but that's just it. Every time we had a okay, Dan so that's Starkey the played, one. every time we had a Dan Starkey played, not every time, but most of the time we had a Dan Starkey played, it, it was like they were they were trying to channel Strax, and I just I didn't I think that was unnecessary. Um, I and and there was enough humor with I thought one of the. The shiny moments is, uh, I love the idea of the doctor split across three uh, areas. I thought that was a neat thing. And her bouncing off of, uh, you know, she could have very much taken that and gotten a little bit silly with it. But I think it's balanced really well, and there's humor there because she makes the comments like, you know, oh, I've got a crush on her, and and the, you know, when uh, when she interrupts the, the her other self, and then she says, oh, I'll I'll let you, <laughs> I'll let you say that. I mean, it's just there, there were little moments between herself and herself that I thought were funny enough that was carrying the humor for this.
1: The multi doctor aspect of it is probably the highlight of the entire story for me. <laughs> just every single bit of it was just so much fun to watch yeah and And see her bounce off of herself was just it was well written and well acted just overall and a very clever idea
3: absolute full props to to jody whittaker for delivering this performance Uh where she swings so wildly from one extreme to the next throughout this episode She has moments of heavy drama. She has moments of light levity. She has moments of, of, you know, goofball fun. She has very doctorish moments and lines uh, and things to say. And then she has these really touching, uh, uh, the the thing I was going to come back to is the bit at the end with her and Yaz. I I love the fact that we finally kind of get a, you know, I'm sorry, I've, I've kind of not been open with you about this and I should have been. Again, based on her experience with Carvanista, which I think is what probably planted the seed for my believing. This is why she didn't want to open the watch. Um, but it also now, okay, maybe it's just me. I gotta ask this. We've had multi-doctor stories before. and the ego of the doctor always kind of gets in the way of working with the doctor. <laughs> which uh, has always led to these great moments of comedy with Sand Shoes and Granddad and these kind of gentle barbs that aren't quite so gentle. Scarecrow, fancy pants, uh, you know, just all this stuff back and forth. And then we get the doctor meeting herself. So it's still a multi-doctor angle, but it's a completely different dynamic. And the first response is, oh, you're kind of hot. And there's a part, I mean, now, okay, first of all, well, I'm not a prude. It
2: wasn't, it wasn't stated quite that way, but. <laughs> well. She says she has a crush on her, but it was more of a, for me, it was more of a because of her, is yeah, of her intellect. Yeah, of her intellect and not necessarily because she was hot.
3: I, I just, you know, I, I'm not a prude. I have zero problem with that. And I if it were me, yeah, I'd probably have a crush on me. I'm hot. I can admit that. But at the same time, is it because it's a female doctor that we went there? Now, if you guys didn't feel it was, if you thought it was more intellect-related than anything else, I'll drop it here. But it just, it didn't seem like that. And I wonder if, as good as the joke was, are we treading on some thin ice or some dangerous ground by making that implication? Are, Are we undermining the fact that we have a female doctor and then we have to make that
2: joke? No, I to think me it,
1: that entire uh, interaction felt very Matt Smith. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think it had anything to do with her being a woman. Yeah. I don't think okay. it did
2: either. And I, I, and I, again, I think that the, that it was done in the spirit of she was impressed with her and she was, she, she loved her intellect. She loved her own intellect. I don't think it was a, she showed up, went, ah, oh, this, it, it, there was nothing sexual about it or there was nothing attractive about it. You know, there was nothing, there was nothing visual about it. So I don't, I don't think it was at all, uh, what you're saying. I, I don't
3: think okay. it was. I just wanted to ask, because I, I got, like I said, I got a different vibe off of it, but yeah. if you guys don't think so, then okay, I'm good with it. The chocolate thing, not so much, though. <laughs> <laughs> just, I
0: you mean, the fact what?
3: that he, the fact that he left a whole trail of breadcrumbs <laughs> or candy wrappers for them to follow, that there was enough of a thing where they were able to pick up, oh, wow, look at this. The seven convenience stores have been hit. <laughs> you
2: know,
3: just... Dude, really? That's like the guy that goes to rob the liquor store, but wears the, the light-up shoes when he runs off into the forest. I mean, come on.
2: <laughs> the like cops you, just Sean.
3: had to follow the trail of beer crayons all the way to his
2: house. I'm like you, Sean. I, I laughed. I thought I laughed at it. I guiltily laughed at it, but I just it just didn't land right, that old, that old scene at all. Um, speaking of chocolate, should we give our code word?
3: I think we should give our code word. So this is your last chance bum 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 as uh, anybody who's been listening to the show knows we are giving away a copy of looney labs doctor who flux it is a brilliant and amazing card game that in no way shape or form ties in with the current season other than the name and it's spelled differently but we thought it was a cool tie-in <laughs> to the current season because of the name and the fact that you know the, the rules constantly change much like the universe is now constantly changing. So it worked for us. At any rate, all you have to do is send us an email, feedback at travelingthevortex.com and include this keyword, chocolate. That's all you got to do. And that'll get you an entry to win. Win this copy of flux and if you did this with all of the keywords and you still could if you go back and listen or you have all the keywords written down you can send one email with all six of them that'll get you six entries so go and do that and get us that information and we will pick somebody next week and gift them this glorious thing maybe you keep it and play it yourself maybe you'll gift it to another Hoovian as a christmas present tis the season so get on that
2: all right, and don't forget you can also go to the website travelingthevortex.com and click on that contact us link, and there'll be a little box there. You can also fill out that'll that'll get to us through uh, feedback as well. I'll tell you the uh, the house being used as a metaphor for the doctor's memories. I thought that was kind of neat. It was it was a good visualization. Also, especially when he's deconstructing the house and she sort of, you know, is having those same effects from it. And then he reconstructs the house and, you know, she kind of comes back to pulls back together. I thought it was kind of a good representation. I it was a little underwhelming in the sense that we kept seeing this thing and I kept expecting more from it. But I did kind of like it as a metaphor. And I think it does still kind of leave open the idea that a lot of people were subscribing to the fact that it's the house of Lundboro. I think that they, you know, even though it's just was sort of a metaphor for memories, it could could still be that house, could be her uh, family house.
3: I thought it was absolutely brilliant. Um, I like the fact that we didn't get the reveal of this is for sure what this is. And I think I like that because I've not yet read Lundboro. (laughs) <laughs> I I, th- I think that kind of scared me a little bit. That it's like I, you know, not only from a spoiler standpoint, but I I'm not in on this joke. I don't get it, and so consequ- I I just know the lore about it, and so I kind of like the fact that we didn't get it. But I also like the fact that he threw it out there, and did stir up this component of fandom into going, oh, I wonder if that's what this is, and then gave us just enough. Because the fact that this construct is her memory is her, her her past life is, is so intrinsically tied into her and then swarm destroys it and it unravels the fabric of the doctor, much like a loom. Okay. That's a cool visualization for that. And then he puts it back together and she comes back together. Then he destroys it again. And it's obviously horribly painful and everything. It was probably the best use of that idea. Without going in and doing a full, blown, a full blown one bro story.
2: Yeah, sure.
1: Well, and just the the way they designed the house, uh, such a hodgepodge, is a perfect, you know, visualization of the Doctor too, because she's such a hodgepodge. Each version of herself then creates something in a different way and builds this weirdly looking house. That, and I'm I'm usually a, if it's done well, a sucker for color in black and white. So the fact that everything was in black and white, but the two Ravengers, I thought looked really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Some great photography, and it was yeah. shot really
3: well.
2: I think one uh, thing, I think one of the, the loose ends that I, or it wasn't even a loose end, it was a, it was almost a, it was like a plot device that didn't go anywhere, was them going to the, the Great Wall of China and marking out the fetch your human on the ground, and then... I mean, the, that was all in the last episode, but I kind of had hoped there would have been a little more pushover for this episode because nothing ever comes about it. Carvinista looks at the monitor screen in the future and says, oh, I can't travel through time. And it doesn't go anywhere. So what was the point of them delivering this message in the first place? I thought maybe that this story would explain that, why they did that, you know, explain it better. But there was, a, there was another thing that was absolutely no reason for. The sort of got dropped.
3: Thanks, Glenn. I had kind of forgotten all about that bit, and you're right. Now I have something else to put in the eh, not so great column.
1: But Dan's realization that the the guy on the mountain was right that he did fetch his dog was pretty great. Yeah. <laughs> once yeah. once he releases him from the the little prison he's in. Yeah. And that's the other. That's one thing I I also didn't like with kind of how they left things. While well, it's cool that and Vinder, and Bell are off on a ship gallivanting the whatever's left of the universe. The idea that you know all of his species is now gone is right. kind of like, oh, I I really liked him as a character, and I assumed I was like the rest of his species too. And now that we won't get to meet any of these other ones, or you know, now he's just alone. It's oh, that's kind of put a sour and sad note on everything.
2: Right? Yeah, I thought so too.
3: It definitely came across as an unneeded atrocity. Um, there, there are times in Doctor Who where the bad guys do horrible things. And it's, I don't want to say justified, but it's within the context of their character. And it's, you know, the motivation of the plot, etc. And that one really, it, it felt over the top. Because the Sontarans have just come off of this funny chocolate business. Uh, and we're making them kind of goofy, even though they are ruthless, they can't shoot straight for a clone warrior race. They they have worse shots than stormtroopers. but to know that they did that and that there's now a whole bunch of Lupari bodies floating around in the vacuum of space. And I mean, let's be honest, it's not quite such a thinly veiled metaphor for man's best friend. (laughs) We're talking dogs. Any, 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 any bad thing that happens to a dog, my hackles go up. (laughs) (laughs) I'm reminded of, uh, Oh, what's the old Western Shane, where you can show Shane to a group of people and he'll go out there and kill person after person, after person, people go down left, right, and center in this movie. And the audience doesn't mutter a word, but you threaten the dog and everybody gets all up in arms. (laughs) It kind of felt like that. It was, it was just a, Oh really you went there so now we've got the emotional baggage and yeah it does lead to a satisfactory moment at the end when he threatens i'm going to kill every last on and they do because they get caught up in the flux so yeah that's kind of satisfying but not to the extent of what came before it just it, it wasn't needed
2: actually i think it it would have worked better had they not had that moment of comedy with the chocolate i think that that it wouldn't have felt so unbalanced, but I think at that point it sort of unbalances the, the, um, the story and the and the and the, the levity and the brevity there because it just it was way too much after after doing some of that silliness. I completely agree.
3: Yeah, it also suffers a bit from the unevenness of of too many companions, because um, <laughs> we've really got a full TARDIS by the end of this thing. Yeah. And then we're going to give you another doctor on top of that. <laughs> and they're figuring things out and then going, oh, right. I should explain this. Okay. So you go do something
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: and you go do something else and you two, we're going to put you in mortal danger and plug your brains into this psionic, whatever it is thing on the Santaran ship after you get captured. We're going to hope that they leave you alive long enough to do this and uh, it's going to be excruciatingly painful while they sift through all this psychic stuff but we need the information and then we'll beam you out at the last minute wow that's that's kind of harsh doc i mean okay <laughs> just you know time lords are telepathic couldn't you put one of you in the chair i you know just thought just an idea <laughs> I'm still salty about the loss of Jericho, obviously
1: <laughs>
3: where I'm coming from, but it, it just, there, there was there was a lot crammed in there and a lot of standing around going, what is she talking about until they gave them something to do. And frequently there wasn't much for them to do. It was go and take care of this one thing because, well, that's really
1: all we had room for in the story. <laughs> I like, uh, how later on, Yaz calls the doctor out of, like, okay, now explain it like we don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Yaz continues to shine.
3: I I, I really liked uh, for well, for she, what they gave.
2: She finally gets a chance to shine.
3: Yeah. But, I mean, you know, all, all throughout the season, her take-charge attitude and, you know... She, it's not just what would the doctor do from a claire standpoint it's a what would the doctor do from a i have to take care of the people that are with me right
2: right standpoint right
3: and uh, i thought that came through in spades uh in in every iteration whether it was the weeping angels or repelling off the great wall of china um or, or this one and you know she well, was she was right there
2: i love that moment when the Santarns are coming through the doors at the beginning and she hooks the rope over the the door, the one door behind them, and pulls it open. I thought well, that was a great moment for her.
1: Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah, it really was. Dan felt a little short shifted, but
2: um, yeah, it didn't seem like for, for had... being the
3: new guy on the block. Yeah, yeah he didn't okay. seem
2: like he had a lot to do in this one.
3: <laughs> Hopefully, they'll remedy that by giving him more later.
1: <laughs> well, he's also done a little bit more than he has has on most of the season. Right, exactly. So.
2: What I was going to say: the first half of the season was a little dan heavy anyway so i'll tell you it it's it's this weird situation for me because i still look back at it even after us picking it apart now i still look back at it go you know i I still had fun watching it i think that that the performances carry it really well unfortunately there's just a lot of people and a lot of things going on that that you know uh, there's a lot of unnecessary but i had fun i think there was a lot of good dialogue in there it's a lot of action. It doesn't give you a chance to kind of slow down which is probably to its benefit that you don't, you aren't necessarily when you're watching it thinking about all these little inconsistencies and these little things that are being left behind but uh, overall I, I, I enjoyed watching it. I just don't think it stuck the landing and I just don't think it's a very good it's definitely not a good ending for a, a, a season and it just it's not, overall it's not a very good episode but I, I liked it. It's, it's just, it's kind of a weird thing.
1: Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if I'd go so far as to say I, I, that it's not good. I think it was, it was adequate. I think well, adequate's and, a better, better phrase for I, it. I'll go with, that. Enjoy, I'll go with that. Yeah. There, there are issues with it, but what, when you still enjoy it, it can't not be not good. You yeah. know, so there has to be some, something there because we enjoyed it. Um, and I think overall, I mean, aside from the couple of my two biggest complaints of the state of the universe and the Grand Serpent, I felt fairly satisfied by all of the resolutions we got throughout this entire story. So I, 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 I would say that it's a, a fairly decent um, resolution for the entire season.
2: I'll give you that. I think adequate is probably more appropriate. Yeah,
3: I mean like I said, I liked it, I didn't love it. I there was there was a lot of stuff that it had going for it and and you're right, Keith, the, the the mini resolutions they 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 tied up things nicely. It's just I I think it's one of those that the more you think on it, the more you start to pluck at it and realize that well it was kind of like ice cream for dessert where you went out and you got it and you thought, "Hey, this is going to be great," and then you ate it and it was like well, i really shouldn't have done that because now i feel kind of ucky and uh you know i didn't need the calories and you're kind of miserable about it afterwards it's kind of like that because it just it didn't sit real well it's and not,
2: it's not anything like that that was a, ter- think- <laughs> that was a terrible <laughs> metaphor <laughs> i go and have ice cream well, I don't know. I, I guess, never feel yucky. Yeah, just, I just—I don't—I don't know that I feel yucky, and, and that there was too many calories. But, but but maybe even if you do, I don't think that this episode was made made me feel yucky afterwards, and made me feel like I had too many calories. It just—it didn't. It wasn't satisfactory. I think it's more like
3: empty calories. Yeah, I, I think it's
2: more like empty calories. It's more like you know sometimes when you decide instead of having a meal, you're going to you know drink your calories in in soda or something else and then you're not satisfied that i think that's kind of it you know i enjoyed that soda i had for dinner but it was that there wasn't enough substance there for me <laughs> might we be, go with might that, be might, that might be better outside of me to jump on your metaphor it just didn't really <laughs> no, work <laughs> i mean that might be the way i felt after it but i i, I guess if you're equating that but Beyond that, the metaphor I don't think worked.
3: <laughs> really, I, I, I sat there and I watched the episode, and I was enjoying it. And I, I'm very, very happy that the timeless child element that most that I most feared could happen did not. So that that was, you know, that was that was me being very grateful and a good thing. Although. I suppose if I'm throwing it, there are still three author, episodes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: That's, that's a little bit like dropping a bowling ball and then going, well, thank goodness I didn't hit my toe with that, <laughs> you know, <it's, laughs> but, um, I just, there's there's still a lot of, I guess there's, I still have a lot of unanswered questions because if we are in a post flux universe and that's where we're going to be for at least the next three episodes,
1: how are their <laughs>
3: <laughs> well yeah that's definitely a looming question as well but i, I that one's another one that i kind of write off like you know well the master's gonna come back it, it doesn't matter that he was on fire when we last saw him he's gonna come back you know we're not gonna explain it it just happens it's doctor who but where where, what happened to the oh we're gonna go over here to this new universe so we lost Tetuan. so that was the end of that and did they establish did the Ood have an escape pod
2: no, <laughs> oh, we yeah, don't know what ood happened to that. Still there. <laughs> he just okay, so there now I have stage. another
3: now I have another problem with it because the doctor totally abandons the ood. And then when she stops and goes, Oh, one more thing, I went, Oh thank God, you're gonna go back to rescue. Nope, we're gonna go over here and do this. Like,
2: Serious? I, <laughs> what about the ood? I think that the I think that oood could be used as the reset button. I think that leaving the ood there probably allows Chibnall or somebody else to say well, the reason the Ood stayed behind is because he was reversing all of this. He was, you know, introducing matter back into the universe and and t- taking everybody back taking everybody back to the status quo. I think is maybe what they could do with that.
3: Uh So if we return next week and it's completely back to normal and that's why we have Daleks that's what happened. We blame that's the, Ood. the That's the new headcanon. The Ood <laughs> fixed it. Thank goodness the doctor didn't go back and rescue him from being alone on the space station because he fixed it.
2: Looking ahead, and this is coming from the guy who loves Daleks and doesn't really get enough of them. Is it, does it bother anybody else that every New Year's special has the Daleks returning? It is kind of odd.
1: You know, so. I thought of that I'm sorry,
3: I, I thought yeah. of that when I saw the trailer and I I there was a part of me that's like, "All right, Daleks again." <laughs> and then and then I had to stop and go, "But you know what? In a way that's perfect because I think we all agree that Daleks, as much as we love them, are a little overused. They're a little um attention grabby, you know. <laughs> and knowing that you know, it would be nice if we had a season without the Daleks because they should be reserved for kind of special occasions. You want to bring them out as the big bad and then go ta-da and then put them away for a while and then bring them out again and go, oh they're back and then put them away for a while. And that should be the thing. And so the idea of kind of doing it as the the holiday special for new year's has been, well, okay. I mean, that that's kind of a, it's a big event episode, it uh, it's not part of the regular season, technically. Um, yeah, it kind of makes sense.
2: Yeah, but to me, that's not any different than putting in, in putting them in the once in the middle of the season, and and we you've already established that they need to be put away for a while. And yeah, I I agree with the idea of okay, this is something different and special. But I hope that there's some sort of explained reason. Maybe, if not direct, but maybe meta, as to why the Daleks keep coming back at New Year's.
3: Well, the last one was a direct sequel to the first one, so maybe it's part of a trilogy. Maybe that was something else that Chibnall had planned from the get-go, knowing that he was going to do three years, as he was going to do three Dalek stories that would all tie in together. Could be middle one certainly was not Empire Strikes Back worthy um uh of this set. <laughs> more it's like Amazing Spider Man two worthy. it's probably a little closer to Attack of the Clones. <laughs> Didn't suck, but well kinda of have to be an apologist for it. But you know, maybe may, maybe maybe we'll
1: get a return to the Jedi out of this. Seeing the uh the extended trailer makes me a little bit more excited about it than what yeah. the, what was included with the episode.
2: I think so too.
1: The fact that it's kind of a Groundhog Day time loop thing, I think that's a kind of a cool idea that hasn't been done in at least a while. And including Daleks in that, I think is kind of a, a cool way to have them involved, but have it be something different, you know, because at least it's not going to be the same thing as last year.
3: Right. So there is an extended trailer then? Yeah. I have not seen it yet.
1: Yes. You yes, want to go check out the extended trailer on YouTube.
0: we also get the views of intermediate, casual, and novice fans who either have never seen the show or who have never read these books until these podcasts, including Dalton Hughes and Alison Fitzgerald. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you find good podcasts, or even ones like ours. You're listening to Traveling the Vortex, a Direction Point podcast.
2: All right, well, Sean, what do we got coming up on the schedule?
3: Well, coming up on the schedule, we leave the 13th Doctor in her broken, shattered tiny universe and uh go back to a simpler time when the universe was full of things and peoples and uh uh and well, Daleks. Uh black <laughs> and white <laughs> and black and white or color, depending on which version you're going to watch. Uh the evil of the Daleks, the animated uh uh I keep wanting to call it a reconstruction. Is it still a reconstruction if have brand new animation to oh, fill in? I suppose, in? yeah, they're reconstructing
2: Technically. the story.
3: Okay. The animated reconstruction of the Patrick Troughton Second Doctor starring Evil of the Daleks. And it has finally come to uh, the shores over here on this side of the pond. And uh, full DVD and Blu-ray glory. And we will be reviewing all nope. six parts of it.
2: Nope. Just DVD.
3: Just DVD. We will be reviewing the DVD in all six parts.
2: Of it. <laughs> I don't want to get anybody excited and go. Wait a minute! There's a Blu-ray version of it in the U.S. I was about no, to hop on Amazon. There's not.
3: Well, there is if you buy and have it shipped, I guess.
2: Well, and have a region-free <laughs> have a region-free player because it's. Still oh, I didn't region-free. say you could watch it. Still I region two. <laughs> <laughs> That's true.
3: Yeah, no, it's a it's a thing. So. Which I did not buy. It was available in a very beautiful steel book, And I was like, oh, I haven't bought any of the rest of them. I guess I won't get that one either.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'll buy it on DVD and wait for the box set.
2: All right. Well, be so sure that- to check out our website, traumathevortex.com for updates on this podcast. If you get any value out of this podcast, why not consider putting some value back into it? You can do that on our Patreon link and consider supporting us there. Also, please consider giving us a five-star review wherever you subscribe to this podcast. Make sure you join the Conversations on our Listener's Forum on Facebook. And one other thing I want to add this week is make sure you go to the Goodreads poll if you are following along with Traveling the Vortex book club that Holly facilitates for us. Um, she has a, a poll up there for us to vote on for the next story that we will be reading and reviewing. So and I actually think some of our audios, too. So whatever wins, we'll be reading or listening to. Anything else we need to do before we close this show? If not, till next time, I'm Glenn.
3: I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody.
1: Be seeing you.
2: Thanks for listening.